Let me ask you this question. What was your favorite game as a child? Hide and seek, I heard back here. Hide and seek, yep. What was your favorite game? I'm hearing so much all at one time. Loud. Capture the flag. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Kick the can. Mm -hmm. Euchre. Red Rover, I said in the first service, I think Euchre might be a Midwestern thing. Does everybody notice that? Cameron did not know about Euchre until he met me and our family, and we like to play Euchre, so we taught him. Absolutely. Well, so with, with me and my sisters, we played a game a lot that we could play anywhere, anytime. I think this was kind of one of those things when you got bored, you would do it. You could play it inside or outside, and it was the hot and cold game. You know what I'm talking about? Right? You get close to the item that someone's picked, and they go, oh, hot, hot, you're hot, you're hot, right? Oh, no, you're cold, you're cold, you're cold. I think also we played that because I was the youngest and my sister liked to, uh, to uh, you know, move me into the furniture. <laughs> that could be part of that too. But at any rate, we played a lot of hot and cold when we were children. Let me t tell you this little story and then help you connect that in just a moment. So the story today, Jesus has been teaching we pick up in Mark 13, but in Mark 12, Jesus has been teaching in the temple and telling so many different stories and having so many different lessons for the disciples. As a matter of fact, chapter 12 begins with this little phrase, that he began to speak in parables. So we hear so many parables that Jesus has to teach and to tell. And, 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 and so they have been sitting and they've been learning Jesus telling them all of these different things. So we can imagine that then when they came out of the temple, they were still in that space. So we have chapter 12, all of this teaching. And then chapter 13 starts off. And they walk out of the temple, the scripture says. And then one of his disciples turns to him and says, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. And, and it's almost like they're priming the pump a little bit. Like, tell us the next story, Jesus. Tell us about the large stones and the big buildings. And what do you have to say about this? And Jesus replies, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. So they expect Jesus to continue on with this amazing wisdom that he's been imparting. And Jesus in turn says, cold, <laughs> very cold, not warm at all. This is not where we are going. Instead, he actually continues to prophesy about the destruction of the temple. Not one stone of these magnificent buildings will be left standing. And so then in verse 4, they seem to grasp this idea of his reference to the temple. And then they want in on the secret. 
they gather close to him. He moves away a little bit, and he's kind of sitting on a hill, and, and they all kind of come in and, and gather around him, and they say, Jesus, you can tell us. We won't tell. When is it going to happen? When is this that you say, the temple falling, when will this occur? When indeed. And Jesus does what he typically does. He moves into a complete different direction. <laughs> All they really want is a day, a time. Just give us the answer, Jesus. But Jesus actually completely tells a different story and in so teaches a valuable lesson. They ask when, and Jesus says to them, beware, beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and they will say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear roars and rumors of wars, don't be afraid. This must take place, the end is still to come. It reminds me of a truth. We live in a messy world. The disciples lived in a messy world as well. They just wanted the simple answer. Just tell us when, Jesus. Just give us the time. But he explains this is a messy world. This is a broken world. And I agree. This is a broken world. As a matter of fact, I wanted to share with you this morning the latest stories in the United States. I looked these up. Now, I have to tell you that I struggled a little bit when I did this because <laughs> I, I, it's very hard these days to be able to say, without a doubt, this is the most trusted news source ever, amen. <laughs> we all have some various opinions, don't we? And um, I, I'm not bringing that up to fight. <laughs> so I just pulled one out and went with it, just so you know. So these are the latest U.S. stories as of this morning, hot off the press. Investigators tracked down Cleveland bank teller who stuffed $215,000 into a paper bag and vanished 52 years ago. Wow. Number two, a Texas hospital suspends a doctor's privileges for spreading misinformation about COVID-19. Adoptive parents plead not guilty to a murder of daughter six. As court documents describe horrible, horrible things. Snow leopards die of COVID-19. Funeral services are underway for the Astroworld Fest Festival victims. Oh, such tragedy. But here's one piece of good news in my list. It made me smile as I looked at the list. The Rockefeller Christmas tree has been uh, put in place. Good news. <laughs> I was like, oh, good, there's one thing on this list that made me feel a little happy. Mother of 14-year-old girl who went missing for almost a month is arrested. And the, the last, I laugh only in kind of a, 
uh, shake my head. It's not really a funny laugh, but the very last item on this list that I pulled up this morning, I did this first thing this morning so it would be fresh news. Depression. Tips from people who have been there. (laughs) And I shook my head because I thought, yeah, read the list, of course. Of course. We live in a messy world, friends. We live in a messy world. We live in a broken world. But this is the good news. I'm not sending you out with that message. (laughs) We're not done yet. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Remember that old commercial? Anybody remember that? But wait, there's more. Friends, there is more. There is so much more to come. Part of our worship experience, week after week, is proclaiming this truth, that there is more to come. Every week we do it. Every week we open ourselves up to the vision of God for all of us. And do you know how we do this every week? We even speak it out loud together. We say this little phrase, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh Lord, thy kingdom come here on earth. Remind us, oh God, that this is not all there is. Let your kingdom come on earth. We need to be aware and we need to realize this, that we are praying for the ability to see beyond the temporary troubles of this world when we pray those words. We need to see and discover how be- we, that we begin building a foundation that leads to eternity but starts on earth. When we pray those words, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The scripture says this, this is the beginning of birth pangs. This is the beginning of birth pangs. Caleb's birthday was on Friday. Our baby boy is 17. (laughs) This scripture could not be more perfect for what I was thinking about all week long. Caleb was actually born on a Friday. And so when the days line up like that for me, I, I can't help myself but go through that whole week before Caleb was born 17 years ago. And I was admitted into the hospital. I had, had contractions and, and I had those birth pangs. Oh, those were not comfortable. <laughs> But here's the best news. That was just the beginning. And at the end, we had Caleb. (laughs) And for that, I give so much thanks. So much hope that came along with birth pangs. I would have done it 
many times over. The scripture describes that so beautifully. You know what, friends? This is just the birth pangs. There is something amazing that is coming. The kingdom of God here on earth. There is so much more. So we wait. Jesus reminds me today that my brokenness doesn't define me. And I have plenty of it. But my brokenness doesn't define who I am. And you know what? Jesus reminds you of the same thing. Your brokenness doesn't define who you are. And the world's brokenness doesn't define what the world is and what the world is going to be when the kingdom of God comes. Thanks be to God. There's more to come. We pray when we gather for healing every time we're together. God's will be done. And we grasp that truth wholeheartedly. And we won't always see the healing happen in the way we want it to, but we pray with hope and with confidence that God is working on our behalf and on behalf of this world. So we offer up this world and its current messiness, knowing that there is a better way. And so we function together in community. There is a better way to live together in this kingdom of God. I believe with my whole heart that this church, King Avenue United Methodist Church, is moving in the right direction, moving towards healing, moving towards wholeness, moving towards living in community. We claim that we are radically hospitable and that we welcome everybody. And you know what? Even that can be a little messy. But we still move forward together in this kingdom here on earth. Not one stone will remain. No more divisions amongst us. The stones are torn down, and we live in harmony together in community in this kingdom. And so we say, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May it be so. Amen. Amen.